Welcome to the Has Been Hoops podcast, again now brought to you by Hoop City, Australia's number one basketball training facility. If you want to raise your game, visit the team at hoopcity.com.au to find your nearest location. Now, Wertho, welcome. It's grand final time in the NBL. We've got to dig into it. Sydney Kings versus the New Zealand Breakers. We've been calling it Sydney's championship to lose all season long. Can New Zealand, is there any way they can get this done? No. Uh, I'm glad you said that. I agree. Welcome back from the States. Thank you. I've I've sort of been watching the rest of the media and a lot of people tipping New Zealand to, to upset. And I think it is... I think Sydney has more of a next gear than what New Zealand does. I think Sydney's best basketball... Trump's New Zealand's best basketball. I also think that uh, going through grand final series, they're both very good defensive teams. Let's make uh, let's not mince words there. They're both very good defensive teams. But when New Zealand get into a dry spell, they're very reliant on Barry Brown Jr. to kickstart it. When Sydney are in a dry spell, well, take your pick. It can happen from anyone. Walton Jr., Xavier Cooks. Uh, Suarez can play his role. Uh, Simon can play his role. Like they've just got more talent. I think we've been saying Sydney just out talent a lot of teams, but I've seen glimpses in this finals that their next level of basketball is far superior to anyone else's in this competition. I think they're also a lot more consistent. That their bad patches, like you said, their dry spells aren't as dry as what New Zealand's are. New Zealand, as great as they've been and as talented and as good as they've been on the defensive end, they still go through four- and five-minute patches where you look at them and you think, geez, they're not cohesive, they're not that great a team. I just don't think you can afford to do that against the Kings. Um, they're, uh, the big fella, the defensive guy, what's his name again? Mental blank. Pardon. I, I, I'm going to be fascinated to see how they use him. I, I don't think he defends the perimeter well enough to guard Suarez. I don't think he moves his feet well enough to guard Cooks. And now he's one of their anchors defensively. I'll be fascinated to see if he can have an impact in this series. He's normally got a an, an easier guy that he can roam off and, and help from. And, you know, maybe that is Cooks and maybe they dare Cooks to shoot and put him on him. But I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to see how they use him and, Again, this could very well just come down to Barry Brown needing to have 25 or 30 points on any given night to get them a win. I would, if I was New Zealand, if I was Coach Modi Mayor, I would be starting pardon on Cooks um, and basically just trying to clog up the key with him. And then when Cooks goes to his back to the basket, you're there as the defensive anchor. Um, and if Cooks wants to shoot a three, good, happy days. And then the the benefit of having Brantley on Suarez is it's someone that can still stay on the perimeter that's strong enough to go against uh, uh, a Suarez if Suarez tries to go into the post, which he doesn't really like to do that much. Um, so that would that would be the matchup that I would go with. Obviously, uh, I'm interested to see who Abercrombie goes to, um, whether it is, do you want to continue to try and keep DJ quiet or are they going to put that bigger body versus 
uh, Walton Jr., which New Zealand has done a lot this year, is using Tom as a bigger guard to try and disrupt with length and all that, um, which really, I believe, opens up the ga gate for DJ to have a big series. And he's been quiet for a long period of time. All it takes is one shot for him to go down. I think that could totally turn the series in Sydney's uh, favour. Give me a prediction for this series. I know you're not going to be anywhere near what some of the others are. Uh, Sydney 3-1. I think they sweep. I think they might very well win the first, go ahead and win in New Zealand and tie it up at home. Um, so I think we're in agreement. We think Sydney will win this one comfortably. We've stuck with it. Hey, now, Melbourne United, they've uh, they've joined the Phoenix and, and really they've overhauled their, their coaching staff and we won't spend much time on this because it is assistant coaches, but with all of the free agents they've got coming up and now with Dean Vickerman only having Reese Carter left as his coaching staff, no Justin Shuler, no Darren McDonald, they've gone up to Brisbane together. I'm going to be fascinated to see what United do this offseason. They've got a budget to bring high-quality players in. You'd expect Dave Barlow to retire. Well, he already retired once. He might as well do it again. I'd expect Brad Newley to retire. They need to get younger. They need to get quicker. And on top of everything, Dean Vickerman needs a coaching staff. So it's a really interesting space. Have you heard anything coming out of United? No. I was – when Justin Shaw signed with Brisbane, I was like, all right, D-Mac gets his chance to be back in that spot full time. And uh, I think we, we both love D-Mac uh, as a person and, and – what he brings as far as teaching young guards of how to play. Um, going to be interesting. There's a lot of good assistants that weren't in the league this year. A lot of good assistants. I mean, I'll, I'll be biased. and I'll just say Luke Kendall, who spent a couple of years at the Phoenix, uh, who happens to work at the beautiful Hoop City uh, location as well. Yeah, um, great people at Hoop City. He He's under their noses and, every day. Um, but he has a relationship with Dean because they were assistants together at Sydney at, right. at, at, uh, under the Andrew Gaze regime. Um, he would be a quality candidate, but I'd say there's plenty, are there plenty of good candidates at the end of the day? Once again, it's the assistants. I think the assistants' role is very, very different from the head coach's role. Uh, they can build relationships. They've got to be good in that space. They've got to be good in the individuals and the work ethic. Uh, and for a United team that missed out on the finals, you know that that work level is going to go up to another uh, another decibel. So I, I'd be looking at someone younger, uh, probably one young guy, one old guy, uh, but there's plenty of good candidates. Name-wise, I can only tell you who I'd like to see back in the league. I haven't heard of who they would. Have you heard of? No, I haven't. No, and it's, it's it's interestingly quiet. Normally, you hear whispers, so they've kept their cards close to their chest, both from the playing group and from the coaching staff. But let's move on. We don't need to spend too much time talking about assistant coaches. Here's one. Look, I think a lot of people have danced around this one, and one of the reasons we do this is we we try not to sit on the fence. Uh, we try to be reasonably honest with our opinions. We've just watched the Australian Boomers defeat Kazakhstan and Bahrain. Uh, it's essentially a fourth-string Boomers team where we're bringing up guys from the COE, uh, guys from who aren't playing in the finals of the NBL. And I, I guess I, the, the question I'm getting to is how the hell can Mitch Creek not 
be invited to be an Australian boomer in a series like this. It, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Now we now we know. Let's let's put it on the table. We know that there were charges against him, which were dropped. The the rumor has it that there are players in the first boomers team, and we, by that we mean the Olympic, the, the World Championship team, who weren't keen to have him as a teammate. We won't name names, but in a series where the boomers are playing on home soil against a horrible opposition and we need people to come along and watch the game, support the game. Mitch Creek's one of the best players in this country and all things being even would be a strong candidate to make the World Cup and Olympic team if given equal opportunity to everybody else. So talk to me. Why, why can't Mitch Creek find a way into a boomer's uniform? It's a good question. I guess um, we we get to hear stuff and some of it you've laid out. Um, I guess the Burma's culture has been very well spoken about over the last couple of years of what it is to be a boomer. Um, if you take it on pure basketball ability, no doubt. He, he's he's making a push for that World Cup team. He's making a push for the Olympic team. He's been playing at a very high level. I'd even say that he probably would have got more votes in the MVP if more people uh, just voted on so, basketball ability. So, so just go back to the boomers' culture, and we've both been a part of it. We know that it's had its tough times as well as its great times. Surely with everything we know about culture now, it's inclusive. It's... Mm-hmm understanding people may or may not mistakes. Keep in mind, let, let's be really, really clear here. He was found not guilty on everything. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Basketball Australia nor any player deserves a right to be judge or jury on something that a court of law found him to be innocent of. Now, when he's put on an Australian boomer's uniform, I don't think he's negatively impacted their culture in the uniform to the best of my knowledge. And if it's a personal thing with some of the players, surely the culture is strong enough to be able to bring in someone that you're not quite best mates with, understanding what's required. I know one thing about Mitch Creek, he'd bust his ass. I tell you what, if it came down to picking Mitch Creek or Ben Simmons, I'm picking Mitch Creek. They're similar players. Mm-hmm. And I know one of those guys is going to bust his ass every day and the other one might not. Yeah, I will say... One of the things that when you're in the system and people have a lot to say about what's going on, there's every chance that we don't have the full story and that there could possibly be. There, there is an instance that I can think of where someone who could have been representing Australia didn't get the opportunity to represent Australia again because of comments made that was held against him uh, and it was very strong by the playing group that we weren't interested in playing with him again. Now, if this is in the same instance... We're talking about somebody else here. Correct. Right. Correct. Now, if that is the same instance, I understand from a playing point of view and I'd understand from uh, a Basketball Australia point of view why he 
wouldn't be included in a team, any team, because it just takes away any chance, I guess, of them going, well, we sort of have to put him into a World Cup squad. We have to put him into a Burma squad. Um, I think it's a very fine line. I think it's a very grey line as well. Um, I'm sure the players have their reasons for it. Do I think he deserves to be playing for Australia? Yes, I do. Um, but having been on the other side, I understand why he's not. So maybe how old's Mitch think, now? How old's Mitch Creek now? How far past 30? Uh, is he 30? I think he's 31. So literally for Mitch Creek, it's, he's got to wait some of these older guys out to have his shot at the Boomers. Well, it's not going to happen. I mean, you got Todd Blanchfield playing, and he couldn't get a minute for the Perth Wildcats. And so it's not. It's it's not. No, going but to I'm saying, but, but when the guy, so the guy, we're, we're saying that there's some guys on the team who don't want him to play. If they're no longer a part of it, does the door open, or is it too far gone? It would seem that it's too far gone at this stage. Okay, let's. Uh, let's fr- I will. I will say. I, I yeah, just think I that's really disappointing. Yeah, but look, there's there's <laughs> there is a a lot that isn't said, and like I said, if it was based purely on basketball, he would go very close, if not in the squad. Uh, sorry, in the team, right, right now. But this is more than basketball, and at the end of the day. The culture has been such a big thing of the boomers. Our version of the culture could be different to what the new version of their culture is. And I, God knows, and you know this, uh, players are much different now to what we were. Uh, attitudes and the whole player playing group empowerment is much different to what it was when we were playing. Let's move across to the NBA. Um... Three big names. Uh, you know, we come up to the playoffs winner the last third of the season. LeBron James looks like he's out for the remainder of the season. Steph Curry's still Who out. Cares? Sorry. I, I'll maintain my stance on the Lakers. Who cares? Yeah, so I mean <laughs> they were making they could have gotten into a playoff with the with the roster they'd put together, they've only got to catch up two games. And if LeBron was healthy, AD's playing okay. The the the, the, you know, the Malik Beasley, these other guys who they've added, they were going okay. Um, but they still needed out. a good run, Chris. They needed a good run, right? And they needed those those people, LeBron and AD, to be healthy. Now, I would have put my house on AD not being the one, but it's yeah. turned out to be LeBron James because he's had to take such a huge workload at his age. I think it's all caught up to him a little bit. At the end of the day, um, and that's why it's unrealistic that they're going to do anything in finals because uh, it's the same as the Wildcats. No, 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 no. stop your question. No, I'll finish my question. It's the same as the Wildcats. Oh, they did what they were needed to get I, I, into the I was, finals, I was actually, but they couldn't go any further. I was going to give you three names and ask who the biggest impact will have, and I'll, LeBron, Steph, or Zion Williamson. Three huge names in the game, out indefinitely. The, the Warriors, you would think, will still find a way to hang on and, and play playoff basketball. 
for me, the, the Pelicans have been on this almighty slide since Zion's been out. They could fall out of this thing along with the Lakers. Portland and Dame Lillard are playing a lot better basketball. Yeah, OKC, they're, they're not going to find their way in, but it might be the Pelicans that miss out alongside the Lakers with their two superstars being out. Mm. Well, the, the Pelicans are 10th at the moment. So they're, they're 30 and 32. Portland's 29 and 32, but I, 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 the way that Damien Lillard's been playing, you got to think that they've got a chance. Utah... 31 and 32 in ninth, they could still slide out. Um, Lakers. And, and lost Lakers, and lost oh. to the Spurs today as we record this. Yeah. Um, yeah, stuff the Lakers, stuff the Pelicans or, or the or Utah. I want OKC to make it. And they've got a real shot of making it. <laughs> They're not going to OKC aren't going to. We'd love Josh Giddy to make a playing game. They're not going to make it. But, but if you're asking me, which... They killed just Alexander's which, been out too long. They're, they're done. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But you can only drink. Um, but if you're asking me, Steph Curry makes all the difference because right. Steph Curry coming back, his shooting, you know, the, the one thing is since Steph's been out, play's gotten a lot better. He's found a little bit of that confidence sure again. Um, so that could be a good thing that... Steph is missing this little period of basketball because if I get a healthy Steph and I get a healthy Clay, they could finish 10th as far as I can concern, but they could still win it. I was about um, to say that they've still got the pot. They could win it from anywhere. They did it last year. They made that yeah. late. They're, yeah. they're going to they're be a tough out when Curry gets back. We just hope that he gets back is the big one for yep. us. I sat in my hotel room when I was in the United States last week and I was going to go out and have a beer and I thought, I'm just going to put it, see which NBA game's on. And a game that would have not interested me one little bit was in the third quarter. Sacramento were playing the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And I saw the score and it was, uh, I thought, geez, they've scored a lot. There must be no defence being played. I sat and I watched this game and I couldn't take my eyes off the screen and the defense wasn't that bad. That no. game of basketball was an exhibition of some of the best shot making I've seen in an NBA game for a long, long, long time. Consistently, the fact that it went to overtime and then double overtime and was 176 to 175—it's just—it was an out of this world game. Yeah, Malik Monk's game-tying three in regulation was an out-of-this-world shot. But the thing was, Sacramento were dead and buried probably three times in my mind, down four, down six in overtime. They're third in the West, and there's a toughness and a grittiness about them and almost an arrogance that there's something special going on in Sacramento this year. Look, I don't think they're going to challenge for a... You know, the really good teams in this thing, but geez, they've gotten a lot better. And it's it's just a credit to what they've done. They've got the longest playoff drought history in the, in the history of all sports or current streak, longest current non-playoff streak in the history of all American sport. That'll be broken in the next week or so. They're going to lock in a playoff spot really, really soon. But I'm not sure if you saw it's, any of that game or had any thoughts on it. Yeah, it's the Delhi effect, by the way. Um, you know, you know what? It, I, it, hang on. I do those power rankings. 
And I haven't had Dally last one time for that exact reason. He could not play a minute. And I spoke to some of the guys at the Kings in the Summer League, and I've spoken to them since. They wanted to get someone in who would beat up on De'Aaron Fox every day, make him have to perform every day, ride the high-minute guys at practice, lead the training and the energy of training, and talk on the – he's invaluable. But they, if that was someone else, a different personality, he would have been waived seven times over if he even got a contract. But don't, don't underestimate the role that Matthew Delavidova plays in changing the culture of the Sacramento Kings. I did. Uh, I, I watched it from the fourth quarter. Um, that was an exhibition of what you'd hope that the All-Star game would be. <laughs> With guys yep. playing defense but making tough shots. Um, there was passion in it. Like every play, Monk was hitting threes and you knew that they were tired, but the excitement and the adrenaline of the moment was fantastic. Um, I said to my partner, I was like, one of the NBA games today ended 176, 175. And her first response was, geez, no defense. And I was like, but there, there was. It was, was just really good part, basketball. Right. It was just really good basketball. Uh, and I, I enjoyed myself. Like, usually if it was like that, I'd be like, man, this, this is just a street ball game. But it was far from a street ball game. And the best thing I saw on Twitter was, Fancy two teams scoring 175 being Team LeBron and and uh, the the Clippers both scoring 175 in a week and losing a game. And yeah, that's exactly yeah, what happened. Good. Hey, um, I'm going to pick you up. You you mentioned the All Star game and what what how you might want it to look. You brought up the idea last week and we put it on our social. We ran a poll as to how many people like the idea of a Team USA versus Team World All Star All Star game to change it up. Over 1,600 people participated in the poll. 65% agree with you. So my question to you this week is if that by some chance got across the line, who wins? Well, if you look at the current playing stock, I think it would be the world team. If you look at Giannis and Luca and uh, Jokic all playing together in the same team. Embiid. That looks... And behave it like that. That looks pretty damn good. If you're going to go with the Team USA, you're going to be relying on uh, LeBron, Durant, Booker. Dame, Booker. Like, it'll be a good game, but I'd still go with the world because when it all came down to it, I trust that the world team would actually play like a team, whereas the Team USA, it'd almost be like a glorified AAU game where... <laughs> It's my turn, now your turn, then my turn, then your turn. Uh, can you imagine those guys working off one another in the, in the world team, even having someone like Giannis who can take it downhill but being able to flick it out to I was going to say, a imagine the or, ball moving around like that in an all-star uh, game. Let's, yeah, let, it would be let's, pretty cool let's to just hope, Let's just hope it happens. Yeah. Hey, so it's time for our Hoop City Raise Your Game segment. We, we loved it last week. Ben Simmons was our first candidate where he needed to really raise his game. He's gone downhill since, so clearly he didn't get into Hoop City. So I've nominated two players for you. I want you, to, uh, nom- I want you to nominate the winner here, someone who's raised their game this week. And I've got two. Malik Monk, you've already mentioned him at the Sacramento Kings, 45 points in that game, 
game tying in regulation, raised his game to a level I haven't seen from Malik Monk on a team that's doing extraordinarily well uh, in that Western Conference. And I, I was really happy to give it to him three days ago. And then Dame Lillard goes and, have seven, goes and has 71 points. No, if you're not watching you were those tapping his wrist with his finger, I have the very strong suspicion that we're awarding our second Hoop City Raise Your Game award to Dame Lillard. Historical. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll just piggyback it off the way he's been playing his last 10 games. Uh, he has taken this Portland team placed them firmly on his shoulders and just taken them, you know, with a chance of getting into the playoffs now with his performance. Uh, Portland is one of those teams that doesn't scream star power outside of Lillard. Uh, but this year, I, I've, I've enjoyed watching them. They've been a good team to watch overall. Uh, but when Dame gets into these modes where one step over the half court and he's capable of firing it up, um, and what I do love about his game is it's not just his shooting ability. It is his ability to get into the paint. It's his ability not to settle. When, when Houston came back, that dunk he had down the middle of the lane, oh. he, he's just, uh, he's definitely raised his game to the next level, uh, which Portland needed at the moment. So it's an easy, as, as great as Monk was the other night, I'm looking at what this past 10 games has been for Dame, and he's been unbelievable. Hey, we've got a little bit of time, so I'm going to throw a curveball at you. I'm going to give you a question that, that, you, that we yep. didn't have on whatever this list looks like being a run sheet. Nikola Jokic is favoured to win his third MVP award in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And the other poll that we put up on Twitter just this morning, and we were interested to hear what people thought, who's it? best non-American NBA player ever. And, you know, a lot of people believe it to be Dirk Nowitzki. A lot of people are Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, Embiid, Steve Nash, Pau Gasol, Drazen Petrovic, Doncic is early in his career, but Giannis. None of them would have won three MVPs. What, you know, so few people mention Nikola Jokic's name when they begin talking about the greatest non-American NBA player in the history of the game. Is he close? Credential-wise, he's very close. I think what we see in the US media um, is a lot of he's going to win his third MVP, but he's not the best basketball player currently in the world. But, but you look um, at the players he's winning MVP over. I agree. LeBron, I agree. F, Embiid, Giannis himself. Yeah, um, I think he's he. Look, if he wins a third one in a row, I think he undoubtedly is the greatest non-American ever to play. Undoubtedly. In the NBA. Yes. Right. What did I say? You said undoubtedly. So you think oh, okay. he goes to the greatest of all, especially if they win a championship? I suppose. So who holds that mantle <sighs> right now? I, be, I believe it's Dirk. Right. Uh, I, I think Dirk and Akeem are sort of right there next to each other in, in my eyes. Um, but to be able to win MVP three times in a row 
I know Dirk's won the MVPs. I know Dirk won a championship. Um, Dirk didn't win his championship till later on in his career. Do we give uh, Jokic the same grace period, I guess? Uh, his ability, Steve Nash winning back-to-back MVPs was something special as well. So he's he's up there for me. I don't think we got to see the best of Drazen Petrovic. I would have been fascinated to see. Yep. Uh, had he had a longer career, I would have been fascinated to see Arvina Sabonis if he came to the NBA earlier and sure. what that would look like. You could say that he was the original Jokic before there was Jokic. Um, his best basketball was played played in Europe. Um, I think if he wins Serena or he goes to the top on on what we've currently seen out of uh, non-US players, uh, but then it's, I mean, you're not far off Dirk. You're not far off Akeem. You could argue it's its like any debate. Everyone's entitled to their own wrong opinion when it comes to this stuff at it's, the end of the day. Yeah, you know, well, it's such, it's such a fun conversation. There's never going to be a right answer, but it just shows you the quality of the non-American. Who do you have? Well, I'm biased. I've still got Dirk and Steve. I saw them firsthand. Um, yeah. But then you start looking at the credentials that Jokic is building, Giannis is championships and MVPs, It's there's a lot of incredible players who've come from foreign shores to, you know, used to be, the, the foreign players used to be happy just to get there. Now they're taking over. It's been this real shift um, over the last couple of decades, which has been a lot of fun to watch. Hey, um, can, I, can I just ask a quick question? Sure. Uh, because this is another curveball now that we're talking about this. You've got to play against Jordan and you've got to play against LeBron. Yeah, who I think it's an apples and oranges conversation personally yeah. because they're, they're two different players. But if you had to choose one, who would you choose? If I, if I had to, I'll preface this and I'll always say the comparisons the thief of joy. And I've always enjoyed just whoever it is I'm watching, just marveling at their greatness. But it's Jordan. I mean, you respect the hell out of LeBron James, but you're scared shitless of Michael Jordan. He was. He just did things that no one's ever done before. He revolutionised the game. Steph Curry's revolutionised the game, but Michael Jordan, he was the type of athlete mixed with skill that no one had ever seen before. LeBron James is an athlete whose skill, he was just brute force for for a lot of years. I, I respect the hell out of his longevity. You know, there was, when I was in the league, and I was close to some high-ranking front office people. There was a survey done while LeBron was at Cleveland. And it was, if you were starting an NBA franchise from scratch, would you select Kobe Bryant or LeBron James? At the time, 29 out of the 30 selected Kobe Bryant. The one who selected LeBron was Cleveland because they knew that Kobe would do whatever it took to win. At that stage of his career, LeBron wouldn't. And he's bumped around. He's gone to to franchises to assist him in winning. Um, You know, he will have great historical cumulative stats and he's one of the greatest to ever play. But for me, it's Michael Jordan. Do you think if they played in a different era, like today's era, you get offered a max contract, you get so many other perks. Back when Michael was playing, had a team came in, if basketball had the same popularity as what it does now, 
if a team came in in a free agency period, do you think there would have been a chance that Jordan would have left the Bulls? Everyone talks about this one club person. Yeah, look, well, look, as far as rarity goes, like Dirk was a rarity for me. Tim yeah. Duncan is a rarity for me. Giannis, is, Giannis is on his way to becoming a rarity as well. So I would like Correct. to think that Jordan would have probably remained at the same club. Yep. Speaking of greats, we went to talk about it last week, but the dotted line hadn't quite been signed. And we spoke about Lauren Jackson a few weeks back and the inspiration she's been to so many people in Australian basketball. There's one other player making a, a long-awaited comeback where, though, it's you. Talk to us. Yeah. Uh, uh, turning 40 this year, and uh, I wanted a new physical challenge. Inspired by Lauren Jackson, I'm going to be playing NBL 1 West this season. So, yes, I'm making a comeback. I'm hoping by the time this goes up. Now, who are you playing for? Out. Tell us who you're playing uh, for. Pl- playing for the Williton Tigers uh, in uh, NBL 1 West. Uh, they are, they've got a very nice young core there. Uh, obviously, I dragged the age up quite considerably, uh, but I've enjoyed going back and training. I've enjoyed being in a team environment again. I've enjoyed being around a group of uh, guys that want to get better, and um, it's been fun being back out on the basketball court, and I'm looking forward to the season ahead. I have no doubt that they will learn more from you than they probably would have learned in five seasons without you being around. It's going to be great for you, mate. It's great to see you back on the court. I'm wrapped for them. They get to play with you and they get to pick your brain both on and off the court. But, mate, for now... They don't, gonna... they don't, know, they don't know yet that I'm not playing on my 40th birthday because I've got a party. Well, well I'll, <laughs> and uh, you'll, I'll be, and over, you'll I'll be, be there. I'll be <laughs> over there for that and I'll make sure you don't play on that weekend. But... um. Hey, we look forward to the NBL final series tipping off this Friday. We're both on the Kings to take out the series quite comfortably. That'll do for today. Thanks again to our friends at Hoop City. Don't forget to visit them at www.hoopcity.com.au. We'll see you next week after I've seen a couple of games with this grand final series. See you, mate.